Welcome to the Revive Church Podcast with Pastor Todd Mazingo. Are you ready to get into it? Tonight we're going to talk about the everlasting love of God. And I was like, Sunday I was listening to Pastor Todd's sermon and, and the set of scriptures that he read um, just popped out at me. And I thought, you know, I, I just want to go through this slowly. I like that kind of preaching where we go through scripture by scripture. And we're going to do that tonight. So we're going to walk through it slowly. And I hope tonight you will hear the voice of a father. Not just the voice of God, but the voice of a father who is your God. Okay? And so I'm going to affirm one point about Sunday that his love for his redeemed is everlasting. Have you guys ever looked up the word everlasting? Do you know that one of the definitions of the word everlasting is immortal? It can't die. His love for you can't die. You see divorce rates go up in our country and they say, well, our love just died. And what's cool about the Lord is everything he gives is from his purity and love. So I can't even fathom the purity of his love. I can't fathom the everlasting side of his love because let's be honest here, all of us have experienced some kind of hurt or we've hurt other people, amen? So our love isn't always everlasting, right? And I think more and more as we talk about like husbands and wives and you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, that is a huge command to the husband. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because God's love, Christ's love to me doesn't stop. No matter how much I may offend him in the things that I do or don't do, his love never stops for me. And I'm going to read Romans 8, 31 through 39 tonight. If you guys have your Bibles, please open it up or your phones or your iPads, whatever that is. I remember the days, Pastor Todd, when we had Bibles. Back in the day, we had that thing. It was leather bound, you know, like that. Yes. Wow. Would you get that on eBay? Boy. You don't see many of those anymore. Holy smokes. And it was my dad would tell me, bring your Bible, boy. What are you doing? Except he said it in Spanish. And uh, I just want to read Romans 8, 31 through 39, okay? What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Verse 33, who will bring charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? It's God, Christ Jesus, is who died for us, rather who was raised and who was at the right hand of God and who also intercedes for us. Verse 35, who will separate us from the love of God? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we're being put to death all day long and we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who has loved us. For I am convinced neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor presence things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Woo! Dang. I just, I read it. I must have read this today probably 12 times because I'm just like energized, man. I'm like, wow, he loves me that much. He loves me that much that his love is everlasting and that mine, 
is fleeting sometimes, or it used to be in the name of Jesus. We're not walking in the old paths. We're speaking life into ourselves. We're saying, Lord, we're walking new this year. I know what I believe now. I know his love is everlasting. And I used to think love and these kind of doctrines were elementary, but man, the more you study them, the more you want to dig into his love, his blood, his word, his redeeming power. You want to understand the authority you have because of that love, right? So let's explain a little bit and just walk through it. And I want to say this to, to all of us. I think there's no more settled thing than the adoption from God. But God doesn't just adopt us. He, cho- he chooses us because he loves us. And I just found out today, and it was someone that brought it up to Pastor Todd. Did you guys know in the state of Florida now, the only way, if you adopt a child, and there's many reasons you can uh, uh, stop the adoption or reverse the adoption. Once you've adopted the child, did you know that there's only two reasons mainly that you can forego your adoption, either through fraud or under duress? In other words, there were things hidden from me, and I'm doing this against my own will. I'm adopting this child against my own will. Or fraud. You come to God any other way. You come to him as a thief or a robber. Do you understand the the analogy? So the only way that adoption can be revoked is through fraud or me not knowing everything and just doing it out of my own will and power. Listen, God is not like that. God doesn't have a fraud type of love. Matter of fact, the Bible says his love is undefiled. Everything he gives you is from that heart. Everything he does is pure. Folks, I don't know about you, but I know that there are things I have done and I've done to others that has not been pure. It may have been the right thing to do with the wrong heart. And I'm not ignorant of that. I repent of those things. I say, Lord, I want to change my heart. I don't just want to do it and go with the motions, Lord. I want your heart. And the Bible says in Romans 5 that his love is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Lord, I need more of that love so that people can be transformed by that love. But listen, if his heart is pure and his love is pure, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, he adopts us, then he can't drop you. And he won't. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you think. He can't drop you. He can't. It's outside of his nature to drop you. Are you hearing me? This is a heart's cry from God. He can't leave you. It's not just that he won't. He can't. Once you're his, you're his. Even Jesus said, none that the Father's put in my hand, no one can pluck them out. They're mine. You're his. What we're seeing through this last sermon was eternal security. You are his because he purchased you with his blood. And you had nothing to do with it. I want to say over you tonight, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. You know what that does to me? That doesn't make me want to go out and sin and be licentious. You know what it wants me to do? I want to seek more of that love. I want to understand that heart that loves no matter what. That I can walk with my brother even though they might be in sin. I'm going to walk with them anyway. Why? Because that's love. Love transforms and conquers all things. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love is the redeeming power of God. The reason he sent his son was because he loved me. And you. You know why I'm preaching on this? Because I never want you to question his love towards you. He can't leave you. He can't. I know what I'm supposed to say, and I'm going to say it. But if you guys read the book of Romans, 
Go through Romans 6 and 7 first, and then read Romans 8, and it'll make sense to you. Okay, Romans 8 was written at the time of a people who were trying to forget their sin, overcome this body of sin. They're trying to figure out, how do I remain in Christ? He's talking to a bunch of people who don't know this, Jews, Gentiles. He's trying to figure all this out. And he's saying in Romans 6, if you're a slave to sin, that's what you're going to be. If you're a slave to sin, you will walk in that sin. If you're a slave to righteousness, you'll walk in righteousness. Then Romans 7 comes around. This is where we start to see the, the struggle within the flesh and spirit. Like, why is it I always struggle with my flesh? Paul said in, in, in chapter 7 that he says, oh, who will deliver me from the body of this death? The things that I don't want to do, I do. And the things I do want to do, I don't do. And there's this inner struggle. And this is what happens with flesh and spirit. How many of you guys know that war? It constantly goes on in your heart. And then he says, Romans 8, for there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from the law of sin and death. Because his love could do what the law could not do. Because it was weak in the flesh. The Bible says in verse 4, God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and condemned it in our flesh. That the righteousness might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Christ now changed me. I'm now his. I don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. Why? Because of his great love. I'm no longer condemned anymore. Jesus Christ redeemed me. And now I'm walking through and then all of a sudden verse 31 comes up and he says this. I'm going to walk through it slowly. Who, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, the word for means if God is more for us, beyond us or over us, which he is. We just sing about it tonight. It says, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Listen, if you're asking God to be freed from sin, do you think he doesn't want to give that to you? Do you think he doesn't want to give you more of a deeper revelation of Jesus inside of you? You know what we need more of? Is Jesus. But Jesus, the price he paid was so dear. Salvation is free, right? Thank you, God. There's nothing I can do for it. But discipleship costs you something. And I think we neglect that. The price of a relationship is it's two-way street, right? The thing is, is God's already done it all. He doesn't need to keep harping on you about love. He just does it. It's everlasting. You keep seeking it out. It's up to me now to say, Lord, how do you want me to seek you? And one day in the future, I'll preach on something like that about works and faith. But my job as the Christian is to seek God. That's it. Seek him. And the Bible says if you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. That's a promise from the living God. Verse 33, who will bring a, who will bring a charge against God's elect? Who will accuse God's elect? Do you guys know what the word accuser is satanic? How many of us accuse our brothers Instead of pray for them. One of the great fears I have about talking about eternal security in this specific alone, and I talked to Pastor Todd about this earlier, I said, one of the great fears I have is we'll turn into judgmental people instead of love-giving people. Oh, what's the fruit? Are they Christian or not? That is not up to you. That's up to the saving power of God. Your job is to make sure that you're discipling with them. Go into, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, Right? It doesn't say go out into all the world and judge them or condemn them. You judge the fruit. That's easy to watch. But if your brother's not walking in the fruit, then it's your duty to say, let's walk together so your fruit bears. Love. Love. Love, love, love. Right? Verse 34. 
I'm sorry, verse 33, he says, who will bring charge against God's elect? Listen to this, God is the one who justifies. What I love about that is, the Bible says it's his grip on me, not my grip on him. God grips me, God got a hold of me. I didn't want God when I was 19. I didn't care about God. I left church. It was all a bunch of hypocrisy anyways. That's what I thought, right? So I threw the baby out with the bathwater because the church did me wrong. I just hate that. Jesus ain't got nothing to do with how you were hurt. And if men hurt you and that's what you're hurt by, where was your faith at? Your faith shouldn't be in men. I'm not decrying and I'm not saying that there's not real hurt by church. But it's either Jesus Christ that heals you or not. And guess what? Did you guys know that we're not perfect? Whoa! Revelation. Do you know that people will hurt you? Sometimes Christians have bad days. Amen? We can have those. And I'm not saying those are justified, but we have them. But is your faith stuck on Christ and his love? And if that person has done you wrong, isn't it your duty to be uh, uh, abiding in Christ to love them anyway? Aren't we supposed to be above the scribes and the Pharisees? Aren't we supposed to be above what the world does? We're not supposed to retaliate against another. We're supposed to love one another. And if someone doesn't love you, you love them. And I think that's a lost teaching too. We need to be making sure that we're loving one another. Verse 34, who is the one who condemns? Notice he says, who's the one who accuses? But then he says, who's the one that condemns? The word condemn means a final negative judgment. You know, Satan's always trying to condemn you, isn't he? You sinned again. You did it. See, you're going to hell. You're with me now. And do you know why he's saying that to you? Because you're walking righteously. I find the greatest attacks happen when I'm walking more righteous with God. The more the voice of the enemy tries to steal in my heart and try to do these things, I'm so reminded of Romans 8. I don't have any condemnation anymore. I'm in Christ now. This isn't about me. This is about you, Lord. And the voice of the enemy is trying to derail me so I don't do your work. Ain't that something? And I pray that every one of us sees that. That it's like the work comes from God. We do the works for God. It's, and he gets the glory through himself. Isn't that crazy? All things are from him, through him, and to him. He gives you the works. You do the works. And the glory goes to him. You ain't got nothing to do with it except being obedient. And the more you be obedient, the more love comes in you to go do it for other people. Isn't that awesome? And you know what? People are going to be offended by Jesus. Right? And you know what? People will be saved because of Jesus. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep abiding in his love. Amen? Keep abiding in his love. Verse 35. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? You know what's funny about this? It says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? And he lists things, not people. Do you know what the word who in the Greek there actually means what? So what will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword separate us from God's love? Do you guys notice some of those words? Have we ever faced the sword because of Jesus? I thought about this today. Georgia, they faced the sword. They faced nakedness and peril. They were, they were grossly mistreated. Some of them beaten with uh, inches of, the, of their lives. Some of them thrown in jail for the faith, right? Some of them shipwrecked. Some of them mocked and ridiculed. Some of them died for the faith. And you know what he's saying here? Just because of that, it ain't going to separate me from God's love. And you know what they did it with? 
joy in their hearts because they knew their Redeemer did it too. The Bible says when he went to the cross, he did it despising the shame. He did it with joy. Isn't that amazing? And here we are serving God out of a heart of joy. Listen, I, I'm, I studied those who died for the faith in the Bible times a lot because I thought I could never measure up to that. But I'm not called to measure up to them. I'm called to measure up to Christ. And Christ makes me measure up because of Christ. Therefore, if I'm Christ, I'm crucified to myself and I live for him. Therefore, if I'm crucified to myself and I live for him, love comes in my heart for the people, right? Thank God we live in America where we don't have to be tortured for our faith. You'll get it from the press, but they're a bunch of devils anyway. Expect it. You're going to get hit because of your faith, okay? But because of that, the Bible says, blessed are you when you're persecuted for your faith. Great is your reward in heaven. Who does that come from? Christ. God is good, man. Verse 36, just as it is written, for your sake we're being put to death all the day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, but in all things we are overwhelmingly conquerors through him who loved us. He says, we can go through all these things, but I'm conquering through him. It doesn't, no, I'm not just a conqueror. I'm overwhelmingly conquering because of my Jesus. The Bible says we are more than conquerors of this stuff because of the love of Jesus. Because he loves me, I can overcome all things. All things. And you know why they write these things? Because this might happen to you. This may happen. We don't know. But he's saying, hold on to the love of God. That's what will get you through it. You'll overcome it. And you won't only overcome it. You'll give testimony to those behind you to overcome it. Verse 37. But in all things, we overwhelmingly conquer through whom we love us. Verse 38. For I am convinced neither death nor life. I highlighted those two, death nor life, because not even you can separate you from the love of God. That is stinking awesome. Pastor Todd said it on Sunday, you could be eating pig slop and he's still your father. Isn't that crazy? Some of you think you're too far gone. I'm just going to ask you what brought you here if you think you're too far gone. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God drew you. Some of you think, man, my sin is too great. Some of you even think, I'll never be healed. It's not what the Word says. His love wants you whole. His love wants you to seek Him. His love wants you in intercession. His love wants you to pray. His love wants you to rejoice in His beauty. His love wants you to see the... He just read a scripture that says, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Water representing faith. When you step out in faith, you hear the voice of God more. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. And his voice thunders. Why? Because he's jealous over his kids. He loves you that much. He wants you healthy and whole and healed. He loves you so much. He says, I'm convinced neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities. Not even angels can pull you away from God. Nor evil spirits can pull you away from the love of God. Nor things present can pull you away from the love of God. What's the things present? COVID, deaths, vaccines, wars, rumors of wars, uh, mothers against fathers, fathers against mothers, mothers against their daughters and sons and fathers against their... All things present still cannot pull you from the love of God. You know why we need to focus on the love of God? Because the world is not showing it. Therefore, it's our duty to do so, right? Nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come. 
This is why we shouldn't even worry about what's being foretold by the media. If we don't do this, oh my gosh. Not even things to come can pull you from the love of God. His love is still everlasting. You know what you can rest in? This world can go tomorrow and you are going with your father because of Jesus. That's how much he loves you. Isn't that stinking awesome? I don't want to go tomorrow. I still want to see my little fat heads grow up. I love my kids, right? I want to see them little dudes succeed and get married, married one day and have me some grandbabies. I want to see it. But if I don't, they'll be better off in heaven. And thank God they're here in church and I didn't force them. They actually came on their own. <laughs> That's awesome. Nor powers, not even governments can stop the love of God, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love is perfect and nothing can break it. So if we can't break his love or even fathom it, we aren't even able to fathom his reason for adopting us. In other words, if I can't even comprehend his love like that, I'm still trying to figure all that out. Why do you doubt that he saved you in the first place? If we can't comprehend it, but we trust his love, why even doubt that you're even saved if you've accepted him and you walk in the faith? The Bible says in Romans 8 that if you walk in the spirit, you do the things of the spirit. If you walk in the flesh, you do the things of the flesh, right? He says that after saying not being condemned. So don't be walking in the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Why? Because of his love. Because he loves you that much. And guys, I, I didn't grow up with this doctrine. I've been in church for almost my whole life. 20 years of being a Christian, I didn't understand this doctrine until about seven years ago, six years ago, when Pastor Todd told me, you're saved, bro. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I do all these things wrong. He's like, yeah, yeah, who's convicting you of that? The Holy Spirit, dude, you're his. And I was like, I'm his! I was crying in my office. I'm his. Dude, he chose you, Pete. David, he chose you, dude. He chose you. You're his, you're redeemed. Pastor Todd, he chose you for a crazy move of God. Right? But it started with planting the Holy Spirit in you. And now you're doing it. And now we're seeing people saved and set free and healed and delivered because of his love. And you know what? There's a world out there that needs that love now. And it's yours to give it to him. He's implanted that love in you by the Holy Ghost. It's in Romans 5. Listen, you can't be a Christian and not love the sinner. You need to love them. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say this. This is controversial. But Charles Spurgeon once said this. If you don't have a heart to see sinners saved, you're probably not saved yourself. Be sure of it. Gosh, your heart should be so for the lost. We got 800 seats in here. We need 1,000 of them in here. They need the gospel. And this isn't about evangelism. This is about just being Christians. There's no such thing as just everybody being an evangelist. I'm sorry, a gift. Everybody has to have the gift of evangelism. You know, all of you can plant the seed. And the seed's in you. And it has germinated for some of you over 20 years. And then you've got to think to yourself, what have I done with that 20 years of a seed being in my heart? Have I given it to my neighbor? Man, there's a world that needs it. They, they need love, y'all. 
They need this Jesus we've been talking about. So maybe it's time for us to forget about our petty problems and walk in the Spirit of God. Amen? Maybe it's time for some of us to get in some inner healing and get rid of this mess that's hindering us to show the love of Jesus. Maybe it's time for us to quit making excuses as to why God won't heal me. And you're going to come up here for prayer and God's going to heal you tonight because He wants you whole. Because His Word says you can. Amen? Maybe it's time to let go of hurt. And the reason you walk in hurt is because you've never experienced his full love. You can't let it go because you don't even understand. Listen, if you understand the depths of his love, you don't want to stay hurt. You don't want to stay hurt. I want to be healed of that stuff, man. I want to be set free. Everybody stand, please. Can we get the altar ministers to come up? Rest assured in that when you begin to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh... You start to walk in a new way, a new heart, a new thought. And his love is everlasting. It never leaves you. It never leaves you. It can't. He'd be unfaithful to do so. And tonight, I'm just going to say it. This everlasting love stuff wants you whole. Wants you healed. Wants you set free. Wants you delivered from demonic oppression. Wants you healed from depression and anything that can come against you. And you know why we do these altar calls or these, I don't want to say altar calls, it's kind of a churchy term, but these altar ministers come up here. Because one day some of you who don't come up here will come up here and that step of faith is going to get you healed. That step of faith is going to say, okay, I'm done with my old life now. I want to walk in the newness of the spirit. I'm done with trying to do it my way. I want to do it God's way, man. And you know what? His ways are not our ways, the Bible says. I want my tongue to be different. I want to rejoice with my God. I want to walk with him in the cool of the day. I want to know what it's like to commune with God. I want to be able to have conversations. Y'all, you, you think I'm crazy. The moment I caught the love of God, you're going to think I'm weird. Maybe not. I don't know. But like, I remember sitting with God one time in my truck, and I was laughing with him. I was laughing. I was like, hey, I said something really funny. I'm funny. And I went to church that night. It was crazy. This guy came up to me out of nowhere and he says, I want you to know God told me something about you. He said, you're really funny. I was like, sweet. That wasn't just me. I heard God in a whole new way. I didn't know God could laugh. God is cool, man. But he's not just cool. He is your father and he's a redeemer and he wants you. He wants your body whole. He wants your mind whole. So, Father, tonight, in the name of Jesus, I'm calling us forth, Lord, for a new season this year. A new year to understand the depths of your love. This year is the year of what do we believe. Father, I want us to believe fully in the principles of the doctrine of Christ. That, Lord, you do love us. That you do put your love within our hearts. That the Holy Spirit is the one who's called us and sealed us. That you, Jesus, died for us. God, you chose us and elected us, Lord. And we are here, Father, for your glory. I pray that this isn't ritualistic for us to come to church and do the songs and go home. I pray it transforms us every single time we walk through these doors and we go out and we do something new for you. That the depths of love are open in our hearts in the name of Jesus. I pray tonight for people being healed. For people to step out in faith for the first time. To experience your love. I pray for those going through trials and tribulations. They are broken tonight through prayer ministry tonight in Jesus' name. And Lord, this isn't cliche for me. Thank you, you love me. Thank you, you love us. 
Thank you that you died for us. You shed your blood and resurrected Jesus because you're awesome and you're great and you're mighty and you're powerful. And we can't do this without you, Lord. Be with us tonight as we come up for prayer and as we go home in Jesus' mighty name, amen. What did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at reviveusnow.com. We are excited that Pastor Todd has released his complete set of his Vindication series, God Vindication, Jesus Vindication, and Holy Spirit Vindication. These books will help you become intimately acquainted with all members of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To go even deeper in applying this to our lives, he has also released workbooks to accompany these books. We all know that hearing a message and reading a message can be very helpful, but our memories can fade with time. But if we work on practical applications of the concept found in these workbooks, we can cement these into our long-term memory banks and be ready to share them with others. The books and workbooks are available separately or as a set on Amazon.com. This podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue, Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.